Cincinnati. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast that locks itself away for what seems like decades, interviews bright young offensive minds, and yes I am doing the inverted commas thing when I say that, and keeps its fan base waiting. My name's Paul Hirons and as ever, joining me in the sewing room is the super to my noodles, the vegan to my Greg's sausage roll, the new year to my diet, and the papal to my conclave. It's Nathan Palmer, everybody. Hey, how you doing, Paul? Happy New Year to all the Bengals UK bravado. Um, I think last year, was it the first we did the podcast or the second? So I've already said Happy New Year. I think so, but it doesn't it doesn't. Yeah, well, I'm saying Happy New Year again to yeah, all the that fans kind of guy. Exactly. Right, that I'm just that kind of man, you know, spreading the love. He's spreading the love, yeah. And you've got a new haircut, so Nathan's hair's all swept back in, a, in a fashionable young... <laughs> fashionable Cost me a fortune, though. I went into some barber in Ibrid Islington, like, not really, like, you know, didn't go to the local barber. Walked in there, 23 quid. Really? I got my haircut yesterday. With a wash, and I'm never going to get it washed. I thought, what's he doing? He's <laughs> leading gonna... me over a sink. I that, was like... Yeah. Did, like, you were thinking, like, that's another five, huh? that's another <laughs> yeah, ten. He started rubbing my hair with a little... That was quite nice. Was it? It's all right. You yeah. sure you went into a hairdresser? It sounds a bit... Uh... <laughs> the massage parlour in Ivory, isn't it? <laughs> Did, it wasn't a... No, well, I'm not going to go there. I, I've um, got, just before we get into the meat and the meat of this podcast... There's of, a lot of meat to get there to. There is a lot of meat, or a lot of vegan sausage that's roll. That's right, a lot of... Uh, uh, substitute meat <laughs> but um i reckon i've got a new year for a uh, new year's um incentive for us or a new year's resolution should i say for the for podcast us, for the podcast yeah go on i think we've lost our way in the last two months what do you mean lost our well way? we ain't drinking anymore on a podcast there's no beer cans opening nothing that's fair enough yeah and well, i think that start of feb yeah the beers are coming back we're gonna i ain't drinking really in january i've not had a drink well since i'm not new on year's it day. either you know one of us is not drinking through choice one of us is <laughs> drink not drinking because he can't but um yeah go on so first of feb we're on it again okay we're bringing the beers in and we're gonna have a special feature at the start what we're drinking like we did before we're gonna ramp it up a bit Come. all right that sounds good Do you know to what me? i mean i miss those days and we're going to try and reposition the sewing room so it looked like it used to. Bring, bring back the glory days. <laughs> bring back the actual sewing machines. Yeah, exactly. Get them back in. Well, um, I mean, coming to, weirdly, the fact that we've not drank for a while on this podcast has meant that the podcast has actually sounded more professional, I think. <laughs> but, you know, we need to strike that balance. We're also athletes as well, so we've got to watch Well, yeah, exactly. The body, I mean? body is a temple. Yeah, yeah. Um... um I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start, Nathan. Where should we start? Because there's a lot to get through, as I mentioned. We, uh, we're in the middle. If reports are be, to be believed, we're actually nearing the end of the process of finding yeah. our new head coach, the 10th coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and in Cincinnati today, it's all been kicking off by the by the looks of it. You know, assistants are being called in to, to be told whether they're going to be kept or uh, whether they're going to be released. And we've already heard that uh, tight end coach Jonathan Hayes and uh, running backs coach Kyle Kasky have been let go. And I have to say that the Kasky one is a bit of a head-scratcher. Jonathan Hayes, he's been there since the, the start of Marvin's days, a very well-respected guy. Kasky's had a good couple of years, I think, with certainly with, with developing Mixon to what he's yeah, become yeah. and what he might be. Um, so, you know, first things first, thank you for all their hard work. Sorry to see those guys go, but... On the, you know, obviously it's 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 upsetting on a personal level for those guys, but equally, 
it makes you think it's kind of and we've just i've just seen you know i have got twitter open steve's live podcast because it's, you know you know what is it now it's about half past seven on on the thursday the 10th and things are developing all the time and michael silver um has tweeted out numerous current bengals assistants are being let go today and told that the next coach has other assistants to replace them this strongly suggests that an outside candidate will get the job. And, of course, for a long time, many people feared that they would just stick with Hugh Jackson, Vance Joseph, <clears throat> people that they know, even Bill Lazor. Yeah, yeah. You know, so this suggests everything points to, you know, they're getting some from the outside. Yeah, I, I honestly think Mike Brown, when it all, when this all, you know, a month ago, I think Brown was 60 70% set on Hugh Jackson. I think the overwhelming viciousness of the fans saying no <laughs> has really turned him around. I think there is almost a less than 10% chance it's Hugh Jackson, maybe five, especially yeah. with this stuff coming out. I just think they know that it would be franchise suicide to do that. I even think with Vance Joseph, you'd alienate still 60% of the fan base. So I think they're going, you know, they are going outside. All the sources seem to point to that. Um, and it's tending to be an offensive coach. I think they're looking at. So for me, I think it's going to be Bienemy, or and I had to ask Paul I had to say that earlier before it came on air. Um, or Taylor or Waldron. potentially Taylor or Waldron. Well, I mean, it points to one of those three guys, right? Because or Munken. I, yeah. Well, but he seems like he's still out there. I mean, he's, he's just said a two hours ago that he's interviewing for the Browns job for the offensive yeah. coordinator position. And Vance so. Joseph is on his way to Arizona oh, to really? interview for the defensive coordinator so job you can there. Rule them out. So maybe, but I, I just think the Bengals probably, if it was either Jackson, Laser, Simmons, or Vance Joseph, someone in house. They would have announced it already because they're exactly they're no ties. They, they and also, you're not going to get rid of Kyle Karski, are you? The geese is well liked in the building. I can't believe Hugh Jackson, Simmons, Laser, or anyone like that is going to be like. Do you know what? The first thing we do is get Kyle Karski out the door. So yeah. to me, I think it rules all of them out. Yeah, I agree. So and everything points that the fact that they haven't announced anything yet, the fact that they're having to observe embargoes and whatnot, mm. means that a, the the coach could well be from outside the organisation uh, someone from a, a playoff team that's about to play this weekend i.e. the Rams yeah. or the Chiefs you know yeah. so if that's the case we're going to have to probably wait for a little bit longer but the fact that they're letting go assistance says to me today says to me mm. that they know who the next coach is going to be and that, that that person has already told them who they want yeah yeah so um do you think there's any chance, and I would say it's very unlikely, being the Bengals, that they pull a shock, pull the rug out, and it's some geezer from a college programme or someone that we haven't heard anything about? No. You don't think there's any way? No, it's just, again, because they've waited this long. And, yeah. you know, college, the college season is over now, isn't it? So yeah, yeah, yeah. they wouldn't have had to wait until someone's finished in the playoffs or whatever. Yeah. So that's my hunch. And that's exciting, right? That's exactly what the fans are screaming for. Yeah. Someone... Uh, and it's been a weird week because let, let's just go through it real quick. Um, so Green Bay have hired Matt Lefleur. Solid name. <coughs> That's a good name. Solid handle from Lefleur. You called Matt Lefleur. I know. <laughs> That'd be outrageous, Maybe if you walk it? into an interview and say, hello, my name is Matt Lefleur. Mate, you'd pull so many women being called Matt Lefleur. <laughs> But he's he's one of these bright, young, offensive minds. Well, the Titans ain't even that good, though. 
but their I, offense, you don't when you think of an explosive and dynamic offense, the Titans don't scream out to but me. But I think he's had good connections. He's worked with a he's, lot of he's good had people. Good mates with Sean McVeigh, apparently. Well, exactly. We'll come on to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay Bruce Arians has gone come back into the I head think coach. It's a bad hire. We'll see. I think um, he's done, Bruce Arians. He walked away from the game saying he weren't in love with it anymore. You don't want to take someone like that back. Well, maybe he's found his love back. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's, he's rekindled. <laughs> rekindled. He's, he's got his um, libido motion. back. Oh, hello. Uh, watch his heart. That's all I'll say with Bruce Arians. He's got a dicky ticker, <laughs> oh, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Arizona. This is the real interesting one. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Um, sounds like some sort of old British gentleman from uh, the 1920s. Hello, um, but again, he's had a, he had a terrible record at Mate, Texas he was Tech. For Texas Tech, I was looking at his record the other day. He was like three seasons in a row losing record. But and then USC, he was yeah. only there for a year. And they were diabolical, weren't they? USC. But he's coached Pat Mahomes before. Yeah, he's coached Baker Mayfield before. Mayfield hates him though, doesn't he? Uh, apparently so. Yeah, but. The fact is, and again, they really. This is the weird thing. It's Mayfield's like, a, isn't he? Oh yeah, oh, massive. <laughs> like, he just, I was watching sound bites of him against the Bengals. He just sounds like such a like naughty little kid. Do you know what I mean? Like naughty little arrogant kid. Like he's quite funny, but he's just a naughty like. Really. Yeah, the is just a word, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Um, yes. So, but you know. It's really interesting. A lot of media are kind of saying, "Oh my God, uh, the Cardinals have been really bold. They're swinging for yeah, the fences. Yeah, yeah. Good on them." And it's like if the Bengals do that, I reckon they'll be pilloried for it. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. There's a bit of double standards. Anyway, Cleveland have gone in house with Freddie Kitchens. Oh, I can't believe that. I mean, you get anything in the NFL these days, isn't you? I mean, the geezer did. I think he did eight games offensive coordinator. He's never had that experience before. They never beat a team with a winning record. The Browns, despite everyone falling in love with them, and. Obviously, he's got Mayfield at his disposal, so he's got some talent there. You know, he's got Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb's a good player. They've got a decent line, and he has a decent run. And Greg Williams, the head coach, just gets walked out the door. He's left. He's done. Yeah. And this geezer's just, yep, yeah, go on. We'll give you the reins. I mean, you think to get a job like the NFL, like in, in any normal career, it would take you a long time to build up to that. And people be like, I think we're going to pick him. In the NFL, it's so reactive. Yeah, absolutely. Eight, eight games where you have, you know, a good. I mean, they were good. The Browns. They weren't eight yeah. and zero, turning teams over left, right, and centre. They, you know, they won seven games. I think it. It to me, it's a bit maddening. It's a small sample size, isn't it? Very small. But he did well in his position when. And he's a likable guy, which yeah, I guess I goes mean, a long way. But then again, you know, it's it's all about the interview process. It's all, you know, head coach is is different yeah, to yeah, being yeah. A, a coordinator. You don't tend to call the plays. Although you look at Andy Reid in Kansas City, you look at even Marvin, you know, yeah, calling yeah, the plays yeah. on the defensive side of the ball in Cincinnati. You look at uh, Vic Fangio, who's just said he's going to be calling the plays yeah. on the defense in Denver. So there seems to be that sort of hybrid thing coming in now where yeah. head coaches and, you know, Zim has been calling the plays in Minnesota, hasn't he? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but normally the head coach is there to provide leadership mm. and to put a program and a culture in place. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see. And obviously Denver just mentioned Vic Fangio. This is a funny one. Adam Gase to the Jets. I mean, I the Jets are out. hired by the Jets. Do you? The yeah. Jets fans, what I've seen on Twitter, are going nuts. They hate it. Really? Absolutely hate it. Oh, I'm surprised by yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he becomes a bad coach overnight, but I don't know. He's sticking in the same division. I'd, I'd want to get out of that I thought division. Gase was quite talented, to be honest. I know yeah, he's yeah, working yeah. with Tannehill, who's a real... Yeah, and, and the Dolphins organisation as yeah, well. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot of talent in Miami. I mean, you've got Cameron Wake, who's, yeah. you know, past his best. I, I, 
Yeah. So, and obviously the only couple left uh, on the board are Cincinnati and Miami. And you look at the the, the, the people that the Bengals have, have interviewed. We, you know, we've mentioned them, but let's just go through them again on a little recap. It's Todd Munkin, Eric Bieniemy, Zach Taylor and Shane Wardron from the Rams, Vance Joseph, Diane Simmons, Hugh Jackson, Bill Lazor. None of those guys have taken the positions of those of the, in, for yeah. those head coaches in other clubs. So... Either through design or luck, the Bengals suddenly have their pick. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of fallen into place quite nicely for the Bengals, I think. Yeah. I mean, what was, before, I mean, we'll go into the candidates in a little bit more detail in a second, but was there any candidates that you particularly were interested in for being interviewed? Yeah, that, that weren't interviewed. Yeah. Uh, Eberflus. Yeah. From Eberflus. Yeah. He's at Harry Potter, and I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he did a. a the way both Frank Reich and uh, and Eberflus, how yeah. they turned that thing around in in uh, in Indianapolis has been nothing short of incredible. Mm. And uh, he's turned that defense into. I mean, you know, it takes some ballsy draft picks, and they had a lot of decent picks, but they picked really, really well. They picked up a few good players in free agency, and he's turned that defense around. You know, and I think that's that's the most impressive thing out of everyone. You know, you look at be enemy we'll get on to him in a minute but you know he's not been calling plays in Kansas City mm. but you know everything that you read about him says that he's a real leader yeah he players really listen to him when mm. when he speaks and that's kind of what you want he gave a great you. speech the other day Did you see that in the lead up to the playoff game yeah, about yeah, the weather yeah. conditions yes, so you could tell yeah. it was quite a sort of author- authoritarian yeah, 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 yeah. language sort of speech that he was using but he seemed pretty laid back as well yeah he's one of those guys that you would like as a player yeah it uh, seems pretty clear thinking mm. and of course he's come from a brilliant program from Kansas yeah, yeah, you know yeah. learning under a really good coach you know so uh, yeah for me it'd be Eberflus what about you did you there was, I, mean, I think it's very difficult with offensive defense defensive coordinators and even college coaches to be able to fully analyse the, the job that they do. With players, you actually see the product that they put out on the field, yeah. whereas I think yeah. it's really difficult with coaches and coordinators and stuff like that to evaluate their performance because an example of this is like Frank Pollock coming into the season. Everyone was really excited. He was coaching in Dallas in the past. who had a great offensive line. And this season, you know, the offensive line to me hasn't really taken a big step forward. And it's like, how do we grade him as a coach? Is he just working with nothing? Is he doing a good job, a bad job? So it's very difficult to know with coaches. And it, even with coordinators, you can somewhat attribute their coaching to the output that the yeah. offense gives. Yeah. But you look at Biennemi, he's working with Pat Mahomes, he's working with Kareem Hunt, he's working with um, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I mean, those weapons, are, you know, you'd hope with, if you know, I gave you the play calling sheet that you could, you know, muster out eight or nine wins with that sort of talent so I I agree with you know I think it's a very difficult thing to look at and for that reason I think it's difficult for me to look through teams and say yes that guy not that guy but I think they've probably interviewed the right guys the hot names I, I was surprised about the Zach Taylor and Shane Waldron interviews. They're very young guys, and it, you know, if it wasn't for Sean McVeigh being in LA, I don't think those guys get a call at all. No, but then um, again, they are, and they're, they're yeah. you know, it's it's like it's weird watching kind of the Bengals UK 
Twitter feed and seeing all the fans kind of moan and oh it's going to be huge it's going to be no 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 not Vance Joseph I'm <laughs> I, done and it's like come on man trust the process wouldn't it be funny if it was huge well you got to be honest it would be hilarious and I would like him to go up to Cleveland only for the fact that I'd yeah. love him to go up to Cleveland and stuff it up their asses <laughs> oh mate I that would be agree. one of the sweetest things if for him game one of the season we turn the Browns over with Hugh as head coach then I don't I want, want, I want to see coach, no 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 <laughs> I don't either but maybe just hire him for one game Game. <laughs> oh, mate, honestly, <laughs> and I want him. To, I wanted to. I want him to start strutting up and down the sideline when it comes to. You know, I want a full-on rivalry. I want. I want punches thrown. Can you, can you imagine, <laughs> mate? I want that as well. Can you imagine though, Hugh Jackson getting it? The media would like it would explode. Well, I think I think the Bengals would be the biggest laughing yeah. stock in NFL history. Well, that's it. I think it's the laughing stock. But but I'd I'd, I'd revel in it a bit. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, it's like just, that just, bunker mentality. Yeah, yeah, just like get on with it. Like. But I I would um, the interesting question. There's a lot of different emotions with the Bengals. Fans, I think most of it is anxiety because they just don't trust the front office to pick the yeah, right no, person. True. Um, however, you know, before Hugh went to the Browns, everyone was kind of quite on board with the idea. Well, he's of a Hugh, young offensive mind. Well, that's extent. right. That's I mean, right. Not perhaps that young, but still no. not a veteran by any means. Yeah. But you know, before he went to the Browns, everyone was on board with the so-called succession plan of yeah, Marvin yeah, yeah. seeing out his contract and then Hugh taking over. Everyone was kind of cool with that. But then, of course, the Browns' experience happened for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just in the whole kind of hard knocks thing, the the Baker Mayfield thing, he is a la- not a laughing stock, but he's got a he lot. He's a wor- laughing stock, and it's sad to say that. And I think that's harsh because I don't think he's a bad coach. No, I think that's the harsh thing. I don't think he's NFL, a brilliant though. head coach, but yeah. I don't think he's a bad coach at all. So that's interesting. And then you know you get people kind of saying, "Yeah, we want someone from outside of the organisation. It's got to be that's mm. what's going to really energise yeah, the." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some people are kind of saying, "Yeah, but yeah, no, it's like you know Zach Taylor and and Waldron, they're a bit too inexperienced." And it's kind of like, "Well, what do you want?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? What do you want? And it's kind of like it's almost that war thing when. Um, it's like we shall do the thing that they least expect, <laughs> and then it goes come round full circle. Now we will do the thing that they most expect, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you just talk yourself round and round and round into different viewpoints. Um, so I actually think that they played it pretty well. They've obviously identified the guys that they want and rate. They've got interviews with them. Not surprised about Josh McDaniels. He's a bit of a dick, to be honest oh, with man, you. I was quite happy that he turned yeah, his down, I mean, whatever. But um, we've got a lot to get through tonight. We're going to obviously continue to talk about head coaches. We've got a special guest coming up in a minute, uh, the Atlantics. Uh, sorry, a big pun. The Athletics, um, Jay Morrison. Uh, but first, uh, Nathan, you know, you obviously know your stuff or like to <laughs> think that you obviously. do. Um, so I thought, you know... What would happen if Nathan Palmer interviewed for the Bengals oh, here we go. job, the head coaching <laughs> job? So I prepared some questions for you. Now, normally I put on silly voices, but I can't really do an impression of Mike Brown or Katie Blackburn or Duke Tobin, so I'm just going to be myself. You've got to imagine that you're not in the same room now. You're in Cincinnati. You're overlooking the field at Paul Brown's Day. Well, I'm in a suit. You are in a suit. You come directly from work. You've like had your haircut. I've had haircut, yeah. Yeah, so you're already... I've got a notepad, though. I love a notepad in a meeting. You are. That's going to be a down mark for you, son, I'm afraid. Imagine that I'm uh, Mike Brown. God, you do look a bit like Mike Brown oh, these days. I see. I'm not that old. <laughs> um... You could be that Troy, that Troy geezer, Troy Blackburn. Okay, yeah, he's You're a bit Troy sharp, Blackburn. But... 
Mr. Palmer, welcome. Yeah, hi, nice to meet you, Troy. How are you? Sorry? Nice to meet you, Troy. How are you? Oh, he called me by his, my first name. Katie, did you see that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Mr. Black. <laughs> Down mark him. I don't like him already. Well, uh, we've had your application in, and uh, it's, it's uh, I won't say it's impressive, but it's quite intriguing. Thank you. Um, so what would you, your stra- what would you say your strengths are, Mr. Palmer? So I think I'm a man that exemplifies strong leadership. Um, I've got good communication skills. I think coming into mm. the locker room that yeah. has had the same head coach for the past 16 years, I think I could bring a fresh approach to the team yeah. um, and really try and get everyone on board. I think that's a key strength of mine. Um, I'm a, tend to be more of a defensive coach. Um, I know a lot of the teams now are moving towards are an offensive. Really? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the teams now are moving towards sort of more offensive pro- approach. I'm going to take that approach and I'm going to look at how we can really cha- you know, get one step ahead and build these like state-of-the-art defences to cope with the offences whilst also having a dynamic offence. Wow, okay, impressive, Katie, very good. Uh, what about your weaknesses? I'm expecting these to be longer than your strengths. Well, I mean, I'm a very impatient person, you know. I can, you know, sometimes I've got, I can lose my call if things aren't going my way, but it's just my passion for the game, you know, Mr. Mm-hmm. Blackburn. I mean, I'm a very, better, yes, I'm a very sort of passionate man. I think sometimes that can get the better of me, but, you know, I love to win, and I, I know you, you as well. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals organisation love to win, and I think I can bring that. You know, okay, I think he's lying, Casey, but we'll, we'll carry on. Um, describe, you've already. T- how does your passion translate into coaching style? Let's talk X's and O's. What What would be your offense and defense? Would you go like the double A gap blitz, like Mr. Zimmer did, or would you go West Coast or kind of? you know the pistol that's very popular at the moment <laughs> so, so uh i'm more of a west coast offense man myself get the ball out quick which i know is um, andy's one of andy's oh, key strengths um you know i'd like to utilize the giovanni bernard more next year i think him and mixon oh. should potentially split the load a bit more use them out of the backfield a little yeah. bit more dynamically yeah uh, i think we need to go and get a tight end in free agency in the draft to you know pair with tyler eifert if he can stay on the field in terms of a defense i'm going to stick to a 4-3 i'm going to invest a lot in the defensive line up front oh what about linebackers? Uh, some people might say that uh, mm. I linebackers are absolutely shit. Um, what would you say to that? Yeah, I think the linebacking core is a key weakness. Uh, I'd like to bring back Preston Brown. I think we could get him back on a cheap option. Yeah. Um, but I think we do need to look to the draft and to bring in one veteran free agent. What would be your um, superpower if you had one? What, what superpower? I'd be able to stop time. Stop time. You've actually yeah. thought about this before, haven't you? Yeah, I think stop time would be exciting. Okay, very good. Um, on a side note, Mr. Blackburn, I've yes. just been watching a program on Netflix called Dark. And it's, it involves time travel. It's a oh, program. I see. Fantastic program. I'd recommend it. Katie, this guy's a bit weird, I think. I'm not sure about him. Um, do you know Sean McVeigh? I do. You ha- really? Yes, Sean and I have been out for drinks a few times. I went. I go over to LA once or twice a year, and we've, Katie, check, we've hung out. Check that one out. I don't think you did. you've got the same beard as Sean McVay. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I can call Sean now if you'd like me to call him. Have you be, ever been in the same room as Sean McVay? Well, well, um, yes, multiple occasions. Have you been in the same country as Sean McVay? Yes, multiple occasions. What do you think about? Do you ever think I, sexy I, thoughts about Sean McVay? I, I, Sean and I have. Um... Uh, Katie, I think we should hire him. Anybody that. Uh... <laughs> okay, well that that's Nathan's interview with uh, potential interview. That's actually quite good. You took that really seriously. I was Thanks expecting very much, some. Paul. some joke answers but no you were on it no, I, I'm, I'm hoping to get hired you know I hope tr- Mr Blackburn is out there That's listening better, to this yeah, you know. we'll, we'll see yeah, we'll see how it goes ok um, I think it's safe to say that Nathan won't be the next coach of the Cincinnati Bengals unfortunately no, I think we'd, shame, all, we'd it, all like that uh, maybe Joe Mixon wouldn't but um, <laughs> trade him out for a fourth <laughs> 
Um, Trading to the Browns for a fourth. Oh, my God. However, um, we are on the lookout for a head coach. Who who would be your... Out of everyone... I mean, we're not, they're not going to interview any more people. I think that's, that's yeah, safe yeah. to say. And um, who would be your... Um, choice out of the people that have, that have been interviewed I think personally I think Waldron and Taylor are probably a bit too young I think I, I also don't think they've got the experience to necessarily command that respect from the players initially and they potentially they could but to me they're not the sexiest options I think Biennemi from watching that speech the other days I was quite impressed obviously the Chiefs have had a very very exciting offence for a long time I'd still probably go with Munkin though I think, really? yeah, he's got more experience as a coordinator and he got a lot out of Winston and Fitzpatrick and that offence in Tampa Sometimes Bay. bad, it has to be said. But Yeah, you know, um, and you've got, you know, having to switch between two uh, quarterbacks, very different skill sets, um, and to get the best out of them. He got a lot out of Mike Evans. Um, I'd probably lean slightly towards him. I'd be, I'd be happy enough with Bien. I mean, I think he's a bit of a... Flash in the pan, one good season, doesn't call the plays, you know, on the tree of Andy Reid to get, and the, obviously Kansas City are the sexy team this year. So I don't know if that, that necessarily embodies him and what he's done. It's a product of his work. But I'd be happy enough with him. I quite like Munkin, but I really do think it's going to be bien. I mean, I think it's 80 to 90%. Um, what yeah. What about th- yourself, Paul? What do you think? Yeah, I'm going to go with. So, yeah, I'm going to go there at bien. I think. He's actually got. You look at the weapons in Kansas City. If you leave Mahomes out of it, because he's just a freak, basically. No one, yeah. no one replicates that in the NFL, really. Yeah. What what he can do. Mm. But you look at the weapons available. You know, good. Well, he did have a really good running back. He's going to get a good running back in Cincinnati or two, actually. Um, he's going to get arguably better wide receivers in as a whole, as a group. I think. Uh, I know that's a stretch because obviously you know Tyreek Hill is incredible, mm. but why can't jo- John Ross be that speedster? Oh, don't you start! Oh, no, no, what no. is it? Yeah, I said at the start of this podcast. <laughs> I said at the start of this podcast we should drink in February, not yeah. now. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though. They're similar. There's, well, certainly there's potential there for Ross, but he had a bit of a nightmare the last couple of games. But what I'm saying is, I think I think there are similar, yeah, similar weapons in Cincinnati. And I just like the way he carries himself. I like, you know, I've watched a few interviews with him. I've read interviews with him, mm. and I think he does command respect. Uh, I'm, I'm excited w- the prospect. You know, any head coaching hire is going to be a risk. Yeah. You know, so we've just got to trust the process and just really fully back back him. You know, so I'm excited. I, I, I'm going to go with the enemy. Zach Taylor and Shane Waldron, like you say, I think oh, maybe they're a bit... know a lot about them. Well, yeah, honest. exactly. They come from a good programme, yeah. there's no doubt. But I think enemy has more... enemy Kind of... I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Um, stuff, production that you can see, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was coordinator at Colorado, though, for two years. Offensive coordinator there, and they were diabolical. Well, you've got to learn. Yeah, Does any of his off the field stuff concern you at all? No, no, no only, only some people only, I know on Twitter have been yeah, mentioning that. Only because issue. that took took place a long, long time ago. Yeah, and by the sounds of it, he was reacting to something rather than yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 instigating yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that happened at college. He wasn't naughty at no, college. No, no, yeah. I'm yeah. not going to ask you what you got up to at college <laughs> at the University of Essex. University of Kent. Oh, I beg your pardon. Um, right. Okay. So I think you know that's. Um, 
you know, it's going to be interesting. And it is. I'm just scanning Twitter now for any more news. Ooh. No more news yet. Jeff Fisher's been out <laughs> oh, Can you Would imagine? you rather Jeff Fisher or Hugh Jackson? Hugh Jackson every day. Over Jeff Fisher? Absolutely. Really? Oh, God, yeah. It'd be a tough one, wouldn't it? It would be, but yeah, anyway. Fisher, didn't Fisher win a Super Bowl, though? Uh, no. With the Rams, wasn't it? No. Or he took him to the Super Bowl. No, the Titans. He took him to the Super Bowl, though, didn't he? I can't remember. He's, I've tried to erase him. He's just one of those really... You know, solid coaches, but not anything inspiring. Seven and nine. Would guy. you rather Eric Bieniemy or on. Tony Romo? Romo uh, just absolute wild card, like brought in. Like wow. bear in mind, he could just be complete, completely useless. Garbage. Um, I'd go Romo for. Would the you yeah. see that's even for the jokes? But he'd be like so. He like, carries himself <laughs> well. He'd get the respect of the team. Yeah. Don't know if he'd be a good coach. Well, in that, he certainly carries with that, I would. Well. De- well, he does, but he's a commentator. It's like he was, a, like he was a player, though. So like the enemy was, and he was a long. Well, yeah, he player. was a good player, but you know, um, we're going to continue talking about the head coach. I would imagine, where as I mentioned at the top of the show, we do have a special guest, and after our special guest, we've got lots more to talk about. We'll be talking about our players of the year. Uh, we've got some correspondence from you guys. Um, but first, let's bring in our special guest. And joining us on the line from the Queen City, it's uh, Jay Morrison, uh, the Bengals reporter for The Athletic. Jay, are you there? I am here. I'm glad to be with you guys. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Um, it's been a bit of a crazy day in Cincinnati. It feels like a little bit, uh, you know, kind of Night of the Long Knives style over there. What, what's the latest? What are you hearing? We're hearing assistant coaches being hauled into Paul Brown Stadium to, to be told of their fates. Um, uh, you know, we've heard reports about Kyle Kasky and Jonathan Hayes losing their jobs. What's what's the latest there? Uh, yeah, that's uh, th- those two, and then linebacker coach Jim Hazlitt are the ones that have been uh, told so far they will not be back. I, I don't think this is going to be uh, a complete house cleaning. Hmm. Uh, I, I do think that several coaches will be retained. I expect Darren Simmons, the special teams coordinator. Uh, with with Jonathan Hayes gone now, Darren Simmons is the uh, elder statesman among that coaching staff. Uh, he and Jonathan had both come to Cincinnati in '03 with Marvin. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know if we're going to see any more relieved of their duties, but I, I certainly don't expect all of them be gone. Um, whoever the new coach is uh, would be wise to, to you know keep some continuity there. Uh, and especially Darren Simmons, I just think he's he's so well respected around the league. Uh, last year, when they were having their debate about changing the kickoff rules, and they had a big summit in New York, and he was one of the handful of special team coordinators that they had come to New York and take part in the discussions. Um, so, like I said, I, I just I expect him to to be here next year with the new coach. Okay, two questions uh, leading on from that answer. Um, first of all. If if Darren is retained, and I think we all hope that we do, we we Nathan and I met him at the the Bengals pub when when uh, when when the team came over a couple of years ago. He was like the nicest guy that you could possibly meet. Yeah, you know. top bloke, wasn't he? Um, but if he if he's overlooked for the head coaching role, which seems likely now, um, do you think he would want to stick around um, for? You know, to be to carry on being a special teams guy at the the Bengals. Uh, yeah, I absolutely do. Um, you, he has a daughter in high school who is an elite volleyball player, right. and um, any any time 
you're talking about now we're going to see this with Jonathan Hayes too his, his oldest son is a, a freshman at Texas and just tearing it up down there but he's got three other kids and his daughter's an elite basketball player division one offers already I mean when these guys lose their jobs that's that's the thing that people overlook is it's going to uproot the entire family to, to yeah. move somewhere else and I I think Darren's been in Cincinnati long enough I I think there is a a very strong respect um, from and toward Mike Brown with Darren. Um, if you remember a couple years back when Marvin had a, a health issue and yeah, he missed right. a day of training camp, Darren Simmons was the one that, that Mike Brown tapped to, to run the practice that day and, and be kind of the acting head coach that day. Yeah. So I, I do think that if, if offered that opportunity, that Darren would stay. And the other question, I guess, that leads on from that initial answer with assistant coaches being told that they're they're either going to stay or go, that seems to suggest that there the decision has been made, and the new coach has kind of told the uh, selection committee, for want of a better phrase, that who who he, who he wants. Right? Does that would that be fair to say? Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. Reading the tea leaves, that's that's what makes the most sense. Um, I, I think what this is going to be is this is going to be one of the assistants from uh, the Rams or the Chiefs uh, both play Saturday. If if the the coach that they've targeted, if that team loses, we we could find out as early as Sunday who he is. Yeah. But we also could see a Rams and Chiefs Super Bowl, and we may be sitting here <laughs> until February fourth, wondering which guy it is. So. I would expect it would leak out um, by by then. I'm I'm kind of surprised it hasn't already. Who, whoever this head coach is has a, an agent that is uh, very tight lipped because that's that's usually where these leaks come from are the agents. And um, I know the Bengals don't want it out. They're they're not allowed to announce it. Um, so I, I think everybody's playing it close to the vest and kind of following the rules right now. But yeah, if it, if it drags on for three more weeks, I, I don't see any way they keep it quiet that long. Um, Jay, I was talking to Paul about this um, just before you came on air, and I was saying, do you think there's any chance that it could be a guy that hasn't been mentioned yet, potentially from the college ranks or someone that's gone really sort of under the radar, uh, maybe even a Todd Munkin or someone that they haven't interviewed, or do you think it's very much down to um, the Chiefs and the Rams guys? Yeah, I, I don't think it's Todd because they, they could announce him right now. They, they, they wouldn't have to be – they wouldn't be going through this whole thing with the, the assistant coaches. They would they would just announce Todd and – uh, you know, his the Buccaneers didn't make the playoffs. There's no restriction there, so I, I, don't, I definitely don't think it's him. Same with Vance Joseph; um, he would be free to be announced um, ASAP. So I, I do think. I mean, I, I tweeted that earlier in the week that you know people that that's a possibility that it could be a college coach because college coaches like the Bengals don't want it out there because a college coach that's going to affect recruiting if if the the kids. That he's targeting, start hearing that he's he's possibly looking at an NFL job. But there again, if, if it was an, a college coach that they had decided on, there'd be no reason why they wouldn't have announced him already. So yeah, I definitely think it's 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 either the two Rams guys, um, Walden or Walden and uh, and Taylor, or it's Eric Bieniemy, which I think is the most likely choice. The former Bengal running back, I think he's going to be the guy. Uh, we we find out whenever the Chiefs are out of the playoffs. Um, Jay, you mentioned B enemy and, and he's certainly my choice, but I'm interested to know what why he would be your choice because we've got a 
it's been a bit of a weird you know bengal's twitter is kind of weird anyway but you know people screaming for someone outside of the organization someone new and fresh and innovative and, and and young and all the rest of it as soon as they start going for those sort of guys people are like yeah but he's just part of a tree he's got no real experience you know what what it seems to kind of like talking yourself out of an argument uh and then re-talking yourself back into that argument and so it goes round and round um i'm interested to know why you think the enemy would be would be your choice well i, I just think you you look at that that Andy Reid tree. I mean, Doug Peterson comes in and wins the Super Bowl in year two, and and Matt Nagy's got the Bears and or had the Bears in the playoffs in year one, and those guys didn't call plays. That's that's kind of a knock. Everybody says, well, yeah, Eric Benjamin is the Chiefs offense coordinator, but he doesn't mm-hmm. even call plays. Well, Andy Reid doesn't let his coordinators call plays. He calls plays, and you look at the success those guys have had. Um, you look at down the line. I mean, how I, I don't even know. I can't even go through the whole list, but. But Andy Reid has a proven track record with, with assistant coaches going on uh, to, to better jobs in the league. And I just think you, you look at what what Eric has done. Yeah, it's different as a position coach um, as it's going to be as a head coach. But look at what he's gotten out of those mm-hmm. Chiefs running backs. I mean, Kareem Hunt, nobody thought he was going to be this the NFL leader. I know he had his, his legal issues, but he led the league in rushing last year. Uh, um, who was it? Spencer Ware yeah. had a really good year for them. Um, Sharkandrick West had a really good year, and there's one other guy. I'm I'm slipping my mind right now, but he's done a terrific job with running yeah. backs, and uh, that that just goes to show that he knows how to coach, and and he's got a guy. I mean, if he if he was able to do that with you know kind of marginal running backs, imagine what he can do with Joe with a guy like Joe Mixon that has all the talent in the world. So I just think I think the upside is really there with Eric Bieniemy. Um, I want to just obviously uh, head the search for the head coach is kind of all-consuming at the moment, as it as it quite rightly should be. Um, but I've always enjoyed your contributions in the press conferences, in especially during the latter period of, of Marvin's tenure. Um, what were, what were they like? Did you did you expect him to go when he did? Because uh, to to me and to a lot of fans here, obviously we can only see from the press conferences posted up on social media and and the official website and what you guys say. But I always got the impression that Marvin looked, you know, he was getting kind of very tetchy and very kind of almost perplexing in press conferences. Did you get a real sense that it, that it, the time was coming? Because you had a few sort of back and forth in press conferences, didn't you? Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't I didn't catch the ending part of that? You had a few kind of back and forths during the during the latter part of his tenure, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't know. It's 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 really hard to read Marvin, and he, he's always been kind of. If it's something that he didn't want to talk about, he could be terse, uh, very short. Um, condescending even so it was hard to get a read there as the as the season was coming to an end based on on him when you look at what was going on around the just the team the losing um the the lack of fans um it, it, it all signs pointed to him not coming back but but I, one of my big sayings is never bet against the trend, and the trend has always been to bring Marvin back. I just I thought we were going to see one more year. I, right. I thought they were going to use the injuries as an excuse, 
Um, I, I just thought that they, they would ride it out one more year. Um, but, you know, it, it wasn't solely Mike Brown's decision to make. You know, I, I do believe them that this was a mutual decision. I, I think Marvin, as energized as he was when he took over as defensive coordinator, you know, he told us that that first week he'd had about 20 hours of sleep the entire week. And you, I don't think that stopped. I, mm. I think by the end of the, that six-week run, it had really worn on him. And I, I think he, he kind of saw the writing, too, that it would probably be best to move on. And um, it, it was really hard to get a read because I, 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 I did tweet. I, I said I thought we were going to see Marvin Lewis version 17.0, <laughs> but uh, that wasn't the case. But, yeah, they, they, did, they elected not to bring him back. But um, he's, he's a hard guy to read because mm-hmm. uh, if it's, if it's a subject, he, like I said, if a subject he doesn't like, then then he's going to act that way regardless of what the subject is. Right, sure, sure. Um, so what's it going to take, uh, Jay, for, apart from winning, but do you think it looks increasingly likely that there will be a, an outside hire? Do you think, I mean, what's it going to take for the fan base to, to, to come back to the stadium? Because we've watched kind of horrified at the fact that the stadium is kind of half full during home games. Um, the atmosphere seems to be very kind of getting a little bit toxic, in you know, within the fan base. Um, what, what's it going to take, Jay? Yeah, I, I think it's going to take uh, one heck of a year next year because I, I, I said this that it, it doesn't matter who they hire uh, in the next couple of days. There's not a candidate out there that's going to cause the, the season ticket lines to start lighting up. There's, there's just not that that wow factor out there. So um, a lot of the disenchantment, it was kind of split with Marvin and Mike Brown. And, and yeah, a lot of fans are happy that Marvin's gone, but but a lot have resigned themselves to the fact that it doesn't matter who the head coach is, that, that nothing's going to change as long as Mike Brown is running this franchise. And so I, I don't think that no matter, it doesn't matter who they hire, they're, they're not going to, start selling out luxury suites and start selling season <laughs> tickets. They're going to have to have one heck of a year and not just win, but, you know, win in an exciting way. Uh, yeah. that, I think that's why they were targeting an offensive coach. I mean, yeah, it's the way that the league's going, but we've seen teams with, with strong defensive defenses have success as well. So uh, I think they know that's what they need. They need a team that can win and a team that can be exciting in doing it. And I think that's why they're going to go towards Eric the enemy because that chief's offense is exciting and it wins. Jay, I'm um, just going backwards really, really quickly to the Eric B enemy um, discussion. If mm-hmm. he is announced as the guy for the Bengals and he takes the reins in Cincinnati, um, who do you think will be uh, lining up as his offensive and defensive coordinator? Do you think um, he would sort of keep Bill Lazor around or do you think he's got his own guy in mind or how do you think that would shake out? Yeah, that's a great question. There's there, there's not really a, a relationship there that I'm aware of with, with Eric and, and Bill Lazor. Um, I, I do find it curious that that we you know we've seen some of these names that have been let go. One name that we haven't seen is Hugh Jackson, uh, who has friends in the media that that typically have things first as soon as something mm-hmm. like that happens. So I, I wouldn't rule him out as an offensive coordinator. This this, deep, this offense was at its best with him running it uh, in 2015. <clears throat> 
Um, I, I know the fans would have been in, in complete revolt if Hugh was named the head coach, but I, I, I don't think that reaction would be there if he's named the offensive coordinator. Um, I, I, I kind of, I do expect him to, I think, move on from Bill. Not that's not an indictment of him, but uh, it's the, the offense just it hasn't been great the last couple of years with him running it, and um, I, I do think it's either going to be Hugh or somebody from the outside, and then defensive coordinator that's a great question I'd, because you, you've got a guy in Eric Bieniemy. if it is him who's an offensive guy um, a first year coach you think you would think they would want to go get a a very experienced defensive coordinator and maybe that's where Vance Joseph comes in yeah that's an interesting point I heard today that Brad Childress has been let go from his um, coaching position and apparently him and Bieniemy have used to work together or something so I don't know if that could um, well, he has ties with with the Bengals as well. Yeah, so, so potentially him as in the offensive coordinator role, perhaps. But Jay, you've been fantastic, and I just want to move on to one sort of fun question before you go. Um, on okay. this podcast, we like to sort of try you know a different type of beer every week, and um, you know enjoy sort of the craft beer scene in the UK that's sort of blossoming quite nicely at the moment. Um, over in the US, first of all, are you a beer drinker? And second of all, if so. What sort of beers are you into? Are there any good craft brews in Cincinnati at the moment that we should be aware of? Uh, yes, I, I am a beer drinker. <laughs> good answer. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I do. I, I love craft beers. Uh, for the longest time, my time I was just a straight Bud Light guy, and then uh, I, I tried my first craft beer. I tried was a Dogfish Head IPA, oh, and wow. I absolutely loved it. And realized what I've been missing all these years. So uh, yeah, that's. That's my go-to um, is our IPAs. Uh, if uh, you're looking at Cincinnati, my favorite my favorite beer of all is, is Truth. Um, it's a, a, a grapefruit-infused IPA from Rheingeist Brewery here in Cincinnati. But there there are so many. I mean, there's breweries popping up all over the place. Um, you know, some of the 50 West, Mad Tree, the Braxton, those are a little more established. But um, you, you really can't go wrong. There, there are so many good ones in this area. Uh, but uh, the IPAs are my favorite, and I've one. I, I've just started kind of getting into stouts. I've never really understood the dark beers. I thought they were too thick, but but now that I'm getting older and I can enjoy two or three and call it a night, as opposed to <laughs> wanting to make it a, a twelve beer rager, yeah, a, a nice stout is a, a good way to go with some full flavor. Jay, I'm not drinking in January. I'm trying to have three or four weeks off of the sauce, but after hearing you say that, I might have to go home tonight and crack one open, I think. <laughs> I don't think I could take a whole month off. Honestly, Jay, if you'd have joined us this time last year on the podcast, when because the whole idea of this podcast is to kind of create a much more sort of British vibe, which generally means drinking. Um, if, you'd have, if we'd have talked to you about six months ago, you would have heard cans being cracked open and us being a bit tiddly and, and being a bit sillier, but we're on sort of dry January at the moment, so maybe we'll get you on uh, when we're both drinking again and you'll you'll see us <laughs> drop our professional facade and uh, get a bit sillier, I think. Hey, I would really enjoy that. What I would really enjoy is if the Bengals come back to London this year. Uh, when, when I was working for my newspaper, uh, newspaper budgets have really dwindled, and I, I wasn't able to make the trip a couple years ago. But now with the athletic, we we do go to all road games, and my wife have already talked about it that if 
if the Bengals make a trip to London and they have the bye week afterwards, she's going to come with me. We're going to make a make a week out of it, and would love to meet you guys in person and, and uh, tip a few back okay, at, a, well, at a pub over there. We'll try and get some dogfish IPA out for you. <laughs> no, no, no. We've got to treat into some <laughs> British craft brewery. And when we go over to Cincinnati, we're going to go to the Rheingeist and, and sample all these fantastic yeah, beers. Yeah. Jay, listen, when you do come over... Uh, there's a pint or two with your name on it. How about that? We'll take you out for a, for a few beers and a, a bite to eat in London. That sounds wonderful. I would love that. Okay, mate. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been lovely to talk to you. And uh, who knows when the, the papal conclave will make their decision and the smoke will rise from the, the chimneys <laughs> of Paul Brown Stadium. But um, it could, as you say, we might have to wait to the Super Bowl to get a, to get an, a, an answer. But... Uh, until that time, thanks for your insights, Jay, and thanks for the time. Good to talk to you. We'd love to, for you to come back on again sometime. But, uh, yeah, for now, cheers. Thanks, Jay. Cheers, All right, mate. cheers, guys. Well, there we go. That was Jay Morrison from The Athletic. And um, you can follow uh, Jay on Twitter at jmorrisonath, so jmorrisonath. Um, and he's well worth a read and well worth a follow. And breaking news, Nathan, Vance Joseph has got on a plane from Arizona and he's going to Cleveland oh, for really? to interview for the defensive coordinator job. Vance. It is a twisty-turny world we live in. Flying. Um, but, yeah, very interesting stuff from from Jay there. Um, Do you know what I like from Jay? I thought it was a really good point. Go on, um, go on. Go on. I think we were talking, and you asked the question about what would it take to bring the fans back. And to me, I thought bringing in someone like Biennemi would be almost enough, not to sell the stadium out, pack the gaff out, but at least to sort of to be as populous as it was a year or two ago, so it wasn't the laughing stock of the league. And it's very interesting that he said that he feels the anger is more with... More. That he feels the anger is more with... Mike Brown I and the see, ownership really than see. it is people, with the coaching situation. People, That's a very interesting take. Pe- people don't trust the front office to make the right decisions. Well, true, yeah. And I think it works both ways. It, I mean, The enemy's a sexy hire, though. If it is him, se- he's a sexy hire. I think the league would take, sit up and take notice, but also I think fans would want to see that kind of ambition replicated in the front office. So Yeah, I agree. You know, I do think Mike Brown and his team, you know, Katie and Troy and uh, de facto GM... Duke Tobin, they get a bit of a rough go of it, especially recently. They've done things that you wouldn't expect them to do. Yeah. And I think that's down to Marvin, actually, and maybe Duke as well. But of course, we don't know what happens. No, that's true. That's true. Um, But I, you know, personally, I want to see them do some nice trades when the trade window's open. Yeah. Cincinnati Red style. Well, yeah, that I've been reading about that. I have no clue about baseball, but people are going nuts over that. You know, look what Dallas did. They brought in Amari Cooper. I'm not saying do that, but no, I know. they improved The team is being aggressive trying to win now. It doesn't always work, but I think you at least respect the team for being aggressive and keeping you excited as a fan. Because as a fan, it's about excitement. Obviously, it's about winning. Yeah, yeah. But I think, team, you know, you want to be excited. I mean, you, I remember when the Bengals brought in T.O., Ocho Cinco and Antonio Bryan. And at the time, I was foaming at the mouth. It didn't work out. Yeah. But still, it's exciting. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, Nathan. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking back to your uh, the, the Jay Morrison interview. I honestly thought you said you were going to say, "I'm going to go home and crack one off." Rather, and I thought, "Where's what's he saying? What's he saying? Please don't say that." And he didn't, thankfully. Um, but yeah, I think I think you know it's not about breaking your structure completely. But if mm. you see a weakness, you know, 
go out and address it. Make yourself better. If you've got still got a chance to play, it's those sort of aggressive things. You know, maybe move up a bit. You know, it was tweeted out the other day that we've got about fifty thousand six round picks this year, and it's like we're going to have another. Th- no, I know. We're going to have another eleven, twelve, thirteen draft picks. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what we're going to do with them? Yeah, yeah. You know, are they going to package them up? Are they going to do something in the draft? You've got to do you know? something. If one of these geezers just going to be on the practice squad, or you never <clears> hear of them again. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So I think that's what it is. It's it's a culture. You, again, you don't have to break your your structure or your approach, but every now and again, if you see a weakness, go and deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah. just settle for the status quo. Yeah, like a Bobby Hart kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, can I, I've got a topic that I just want to like pitch out, and we if you don't, well, we can talk about it another week if you want. Yes, maybe we can get the people involved. Well, yeah. So, if it's Eric Bieniemy, or even, yes. even if it's not, to be honest, okay. if it's an outside candidate that comes in and is the new head coach, where does that leave Andy Dalton, in your opinion? See, we have got a question in our correspondence. <laughs> Um, later so let, let's just uh, okay. we'll part, save that because we'll I think that is a big big subject yeah it is yeah. big big subject yeah, and I yeah. know a lot of people out there are toing and froing over it mm. um, but first before we get to that a word from our sponsors well yeah uh, Greg's uh, vegan, with their yeah, vegan yeah, sausage yeah. rolls have you tried one yet because you're veggie no, aren't you I, yeah, you're I pescatarian I, aren't you I haven't tried one of you not yet. There's one in Kentish Town around the corner. That's there? it. Maybe we should like live broadcast from <laughs> do, a, do a sausage roll cast. The best PR campaign in history, I would say. Well, the best PR thing is like getting Piers Morgan to tweet about yeah, it, and yeah. then it just they've went got the same nuts. PR agency. Did you know that? What Piers Morgan and, and Greg? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. See, you tune into this podcast. And you learn. As a man that works in marketing, you know these things, Paul. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, that's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it is interesting. Signify Digital is. Well, sorry, what was that, Nathan? That's our sponsors. You should be paying to sponsor the show. I should be sponsored by Signify Digital, <coughs> online marketing professionally done. Okay. If you believe that, you believe anything. But um, okay, let's get to our players of the year. Every it's very difficult. You know, something that I quite like doing, players of the year, because it's just a nice way to look back and involve our followers. We kind of put it out there on mm. Facebook and our little kind of hardcore group of. Uh, Bengals UK people kind of chipped in. Bengals UK ultras. The well, the ultra. We should call ourselves the ultras. Oh my god! I think the uh, the German lot called themselves the ultras. The, or the Bengals lot. Yeah, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, well, the ultras has a bit of a dodgy connotation, surely. Not really. It's just a mad fans in Italy, isn't it? Yeah, they're 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 hoolies. They're not. Nice. Uh, says the man who suplexed the policeman. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's twenty. What is it? It's the tenth of January. You're already like spreading <laughs> muck about. Uh... I don't. Oh, I'm not even going to get into this. All right. Okay. So we we have come up with a list. Uh, we've we've come up with a list of players of the year for 2018. So let's go through them. Um, offensive player of the year. Uh, it was uh, no real surprises. I don't think. Um, Joe Mixon. Uh, Joe had. 1,464 yards from scrimmage uh, last season, the most by a Bengals running back since Rudy Johnson in 2006. And, of course, he became uh, the AFC leading rusher. So, you know, a bit of a no-brainer. But, of course, up there with him was Tyler Board, who also had a fantastic season and and well worthy of a mention. Uh, Defensive player of the year. Seems like this happens every year, but, I mean, the defence had a bit of a... It's out this year, really. Yeah. 
So there was only one winner, and that is Gino Atkins. He scored 10 sacks, which again, from from a three technique, is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and again, went to the Pro Bowl, or is going to the Pro Bowl. So congratulations on another... We see again. He won. He didn't have like an amazing season. He, he got st- a lot of his sacks in one game. He started three in one game. He started he? off really strongly, then dipped in the middle and came mm. back strong at the end of the year. But you know, we're very lucky to have him. Hopefully, he gets a bit of help next year. I yeah, think. I think that's true. Um, okay, uh, rookie of the year again. You know, we had some okay rookies. I thought um, Darius Phillips showed a bit of promise. You love Darius Phillips. I don't your, love him, you but always I, give him a little shout. Yeah, me, me, me and Dazza. Um, <laughs> Sam Hubbard had a good rookie Sam season. Hubbard I think did had a really good rookie yeah, year. Did uh, Billy Price difficult to judge, really. I think yeah, you know he, he did well great. in bits, not so good in bits. So hopefully he'll kick on next yeah. year. Needs a good training camp under his belt, geezer. Auden Tate was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the savior of the known universe. Um, but really, there was only one winner, wasn't there, really? Um, Jesse Bates, the third. Not the second or the first, but the third. Uh, so congratulations, Jesse. Sam, Sam Hubbard really deserves a good mention. Oh, I yeah. yeah. I mean, he, I love his... A- a- I thought he was excellent. Love his attitude. Yeah, he yeah. got stronger as the season went on. As a third-round pick, you'd be buzzing about the that. The TD against Miami was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jesse Bates had a really good oh, year. Oh, definitely. Really yeah, good Deserved year. winner. Um, most improved... No, hold on. Let's go to special teams. You know... Whether you like him or not, Randy Bullock had a good season. He did, didn't he? He He's did. Right. Oh, come on. He He's did. Right. He did have a good season. He was all right. Um, I thought Darius Phillips was really good. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our old chum, Kevin Huber, had a solid year. Yeah. Um, who else on special teams? Fedge is always a... I mean, he's like an, another alternate at the Pro Bowl, isn't he? But... Really, I mean, I thought Alex Erickson had a pretty decent. Yeah, he was excellent. He really was excellent. And uh, I tell you, if it wasn't for a couple of like, needless penalties yeah. on special teams, he really could have um, found himself at the Pro Bowl. So he's a uh, uh, special teams player of the year. Congratulations to Eric. Uh, most improved player Derek. of the year. Sorry, yeah, one was talking about <laughs> Alex. Eric Alexson. Yeah. The. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tyler Boyd wins most improved player of the year that should come as no yeah. surprise to anyone uh, he was superb wasn't he and um, I don't know I, I, it was, it's been really interesting all this talk about tanking to get a better draft pick oh, don't. but one of the, the plus points about not tanking is the Tyler Boyd story because he got scoring that touchdown That's in that point. dead game That's against Baltimore point. last year or the season before that cat that he suddenly got a load of confidence. That's a great point, you know, um, and just the way he tidied up his his route running and mm. his catching, and he really yeah. it was brilliant to see. It brilliant to see. Good and point. God knows we needed him. Um, now, um, this is quite a controversial one. Coach of the year. <laughs> I don't know how you can rate it. I don't know. I, I, it didn't, is I didn't vote on this. You didn't. I I did, and I actually voted for. Um, Kyle Kasky, because I thought he, you know, he did a good job with Mixon, yeah, uh, improving him, bad. changing his style slightly. But the winner, and the uh, honourable mentions to Frank Pollack, you know, he didn't have a lot to work with, and the the line was better for the first five oh, six mate, games. I'm but shaking then, my head here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the winner of our Coach of the Year, it's going to be really controversial. Oh, don't, this one. don't know what is it. 
It's Marvin Lewis. Oh, yeah, fair play. Go uh, on, Marvin. Not as a head coach, though, but as his, as a defensive coordinator. No, it's a good point. I didn't think of that. I'd agree. I probably agree. Because I mean, he did that, turn that defence round. That defence was the worst in the league yeah. by some margin. Yeah, it yeah. was the worst in NFL history, or at yeah, least heading towards it. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, we didn't win... You know, games, but we we he definitely he tightened it up. He tightened it up completely, yeah. and there was almost well. Let's bring him back. <laughs> let's hire. Yeah, let's get him. Marvin, back. where are you? <laughs> let's get him back as DC man. Uh, but yeah, so it How might do you be feel co- about Marvin as DC if they genuinely brought. I know there's obviously fictitious, but there's absolutely zero chance well, that's going to happen. If Marvin came back as DC, how would you feel? I wouldn't be upset about it. Because I think he's, I'd love it. <laughs> you would, you would. <laughs> Chance to rekindle your relationship with. I Marvin. love Mark. Now he's gone. I feel you know, like your ex has left you. You're pining. And now you, now you think about him a bit. Oh, I love Marvin. Yeah, I do. Like, I'm a bit annoyed now. Like, because someone else is going to have him, aren't they? Well, you got you got the chance for a new a new coach crush. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's true. You and Eric, the enemy. Know. I don't know about Eric. Do you know? He's got I've some got to work see to more do. Of him, you know. Yeah, well, you know. He's got to impress me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, congratulations to Marvin. I'm sure that's going to sweeten the blow of losing his job by winning the Bengals UK (laughs) Coach of the Year. (laughs) And don't at us if you disagree with that, because I'm sure plenty of people will. Um, Okay, so... uh, Play of the year. No, no, let's no, let's contenders for player of the year. Yeah, there is, and there was a you know obviously the one that stuck out to me was the AJ's touchdown against Atlanta. Oh, that was mine. That was fantastic. I was going off my nut on nap, and I was I nearly got thrown out the bar. I was in LA. Yeah. Um, There's also the Sam Hubbard defensive touchdown. Oh yeah, that was against Miami, Uh, and also the uh, Fedulum. Well, fumble return against there is that one, and there's also the Michael Johnson touchdown against oh, Miami yeah, as well. So some great plays, but the winner Ooh. is the Clayton Fedulum in uh, fumble. Rec- Did he strip as well? Was it a strip no. fumble? Was it Carlos? That Someone stripped-, stripped it and he ran it back. Yeah, and that was that was game one. Uh, so Fedge versus Indianapolis gets Player of the Year. The uh, the fumble recovery for a touchdown. And finally, um, we got the game of the year. And again, you know, people talked about the Miami game. People mm. mentioned the Tampa Bay game because it was the, the game of our meetup. Yeah, that, that's, um, that's a good shout as well. And Randy Bullock's field goal could go down on that. Yeah, absolutely, year. absolutely. But I mean, I mean, there was and the Baltimore game, the win, the home win against Baltimore, yeah. probably the most complete performance of the season. Agreed, agreed. But really, there was only one winner, right? For me, that Atlanta game was just oh, that's fantastic, uh, wasn't it? Incredible game for the neutral. But as a Bengals fan, it was just like it was when we started to believe. It was like, yeah, wow, yeah. we can two and oh. go two and we can go toe to toe with a powerful offensive team. Things are happening here. Things have improved, and of course. Yeah. It didn't quite work out, did it? But that game was fantastic. No, so it wasn't two. What was the record when we beat Atlanta? So we beat Indianapolis, beat Baltimore, and then it was Atlanta. Yeah, well, because then we lost. Yeah, then we lost Jesus against Carolina. Three and Yeah, we were four and one at what some point. I know, mad, isn't it? Yeah. The overall player of the year. Uh, we've done offensive, defensive, special teams, rookie, most improved game and, and player of the year. But the, the overall play, player, the Bengals UK, overall player of the year. And there were shouts here for Tyler Boyd. There was only, again, really 
two contenders. Uh, it was Tyler Boyd and the winner, the overall winner, Joe Mixon, um, the AFC uh, leading rusher for 2018. It's been a while since we've had a leading rusher on on in in the AFC on our team. So uh, big up to Joe Mixon. The train is leaving for a season. Let's hope he. I mean, who knows? who's going to be the head coach next year and yeah. the new running backs coach. Maybe we'll see more from Joe Mixon. Will be which will be amazing. But congr- congratulations to Joe uh, on a fantastic season. Interesting what. Jay says about Bienemy and the running backs he's coached, and about the yeah. you know mixing. Because if he comes in and he really you know gets working with Joe, um, that could be interesting. And my, my bet with uh, Sam Angel could be, in, I could be <laughs> exactly. <a bit> <laughs> you better start saving now, I know, mate. Yeah. Um, so those are players of the year. Uh, we'll post these up on social media as a little reminder. Um, uh, and obviously, if you disagree or agree, let us know. We're at Bengals UK on Facebook. Uh, and at Hooday underscore UK on Twitter. Now, we do have time for a little bit of correspondence, so let's rattle through these. Um, just going to check Twitter to see... Actually, I'll read one out and you can... Sam Anger, the, the very same. Ooh. At Sam underscore Anger. Regards to the coaching hunt for the Bengals, there is nobody with any good, if any, HC experience. I understand that people will have a preference, but nobody can say with any conviction that they truly want anybody that we've interviewed. Uh, all we are going off is a tree. And I, I get I think it. it's right. I think that's kind of what I was saying earlier. I think it is very difficult to judge these coordinators because you don't know what they're like. And Peter King, the great Peter King, um, has already kind of been chirping away saying that this coaching search is just crazy you know that mm. it should be taking a month or so to really evaluate yeah, and true i think it's crazy really i mean someone like mike mccarthy a super bowl winner you know whatever you want to say about him yeah he's a super bowl winner he's got years of head coaching experience the packers most years are going to, i mean i know you can say always Aaron rogers they're always in the playoff hunt they've made deep playoff runs they're a good team they're a formidable team to face up until this season and no one's sniffing the geezer I mean, he's not going to get a job. I mean, the Bengals, I very much doubt, are going to hire him. I Weirdly, think he's going to he, Miami. He wanted the he wanted the Jets job, didn't he, Mike McCarthy? Yeah, but it's crazy to me that you're literally more inclined to take someone like Freddie Kitchens, who's got eight months or sorry, um, eight games offensive coordinator experience, uh, experience, versus a guy like McCarthy. And it's just that perception, isn't it, of all young, fun, new, exciting, rather than the proven... I mean, I know you know you can argue McCarthy didn't win with Rodgers and stuff, but sometimes all you need is a change of scenery and, you know, like a new job, like anyone in their career, and you can really reinvigorate yourself. Absolutely. Um, but saying that, you've got to start from somewhere. You've got to go with someone who yeah, shows promise yeah, yeah, from yeah. a good programme... You've got to take that risk, but right? But in a job, would you take on the receptionist because she made a good cup of tea or he made a good cup of tea? Do you know what I mean? Like, if some, the cleaner's doing a good job cleaning the floors. Let's get him in yeah, and Yeah, but you give the them a promotion. Yeah, yeah. They'd get them, a, you know. <laughs> I know, uh, I'm I know, I know. It's, yeah. it's, it, I know. I know what you and Sam are saying, and I, I get it. And there does seem to be, like, a much more of a rush quick. And the fact there's been quite... There's a lot of head coaching vacancies this season. Yeah. So I think that's kind of intensified the, the 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 quickness of the search, you know. Yeah, it has been quick though, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, actually, I think the Bengals, as I said earlier, whether it's by design or by sheer luck, they're going to find themselves with the guys, the guy that they actually wanted, mm. um, and they've you know they've waited it out. They've kind of had to because they're you know the other teams play up, but 
We'll see. It does um, take you longer to get a normal job. By the time you uploaded your CV and your cover letter and you've, sent, you've gone on the application and you sent it, you waited a week or two. Do you I know, know what I mean? The Bengals, all Do you know what teams. I had to do for my last job? I, I, had, to, I had to do a video interview. <laughs> I remember you told me about that, yeah. And yeah. it was mental. It was like, this felt like, I don't know, some sort of weird... Not with a person either, was it? No, I had to. I had to record. <laughs> I had to record myself answering <laughs> questions that flashed upon a screen. That's mad, isn't it? It's totally mad. And then my the Wi-Fi in the in the in the place that I was doing cut out halfway through. Oh. And then I start. I didn't realise it was recording, and I started like mucking around in the webcam by like <laughs> like messing with my hair and stuff. I didn't realise it was still recording. Oh, mate. So I was like two minutes of me messing around in my rapidly diminishing hair. Uh, and yet I still got the job. So um, yeah, I, had to, I had to go to a pub next you door. You should be giving some Mike McCarthy some tips. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, Dadders, uh, Peter Dadswell, at Dadders. Uh, a long one, this one. He's, 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 Pete's always got good things to say. What has been worse, the fluctuating range of emotions during a roller coaster season or the fluctuating emotions during a roller coaster wait to see who the new head coach will be and what our fate will be for the next three plus years will look like. I really don't know. I do, I did not like losing games, did not did not like slipping out of contention and relevance, but latterly I was buoyed about the prospect of rejuvenation in the draft. Meanwhile, the ongoing fear over the HD recruitment is losing and slipping out of relevance for much more than one season. Uh, my attitude is that it has to be the right coach, but I also want a fresh face and not one drowned in past failures. I'm not particularly interested in what coaching tree they come from, but there are certain new young coordinators who are getting several HC interviews suggesting that the NFL generally see them as ready for such roles. Um, Zach Waldron, no, um, Waldron, the Rams water boy, isn't one of them. My favourite, however, is Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I am tired of the national press continuing their tired narrative about the Bengals, saying we're only going to appoint Hugh. Then there is the narrative that we haven't picked a HC yet, and it's slightly against—it's a slight against a disorganised organisation. The longer this search continues, the more relieved I am becoming. So there we go. Um, I think that's true, isn't it? I mean, like we were saying, actually, I think they're playing it quite nicely. Yeah, I think I mean, fair play to them. Yeah, there's no rush. I mean, I think people are getting a bit. I mean, I guess there is a rush if you is a real yeah. sort of like um, there's like a consensus like number one guy that everyone wants. But I don't think that's necessarily the case this year. Yeah, absolutely. Simon Hunter at Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Happy New Year, mate. How you doing, Sam? What attributes are you looking for in the HC and why? For me, it's combination of leadership, something just something new, something fresh, something yeah. new. Uh, someone the players look up to, someone who can who's come from a good program, someone who can sweep through Paul Brown Stadium, get everyone excited again. I think I want someone that that is good in press conferences and is a bit of a character in a good way because I think the fact I think Cincinnati needs that Marvin was a great guy he's a respectable guy but he wasn't particularly great at handling the press or really giving off that sort of jovial approach and I think someone that's a good talker someone that's a confident speaker that you know will answer the hard questions I think would be really <coughs> beneficial um, and I think the enemy could be that guy he seems fairly outgoing sort of mm-hmm. you know good personality so I think that's certainly something that I'd be looking for Nick Parker Kent Care at Kent Care Nick uh, given the nature of the current ownership, are we likely to see a slow-burning HC appointment or is there a change to add real pressure on successful 
uh, on a successful campaign in, say, two years, or possibly an appointment of a GM or CEO to hasten change, appoint HC and roster changes. This is a thing, I think, that Paul Dana addressed. I think there's this this idea that because we haven't got a GM... Mm. Uh, things kind of fall down a little bit with the. Is Bengals. that not unofficially what Duke Tobin is? Exactly, though? and I think that's 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 the myth. But the reality is, we kind of have a GM, and his name is Duke Tobin. He's just called yeah. director of player personnel. Exactly. So I, I don't get hung up on again. It's this whole kind of national media having to go at the Bengals. Why haven't they got a GM? Well, I think Mike Brown does deserve a lot of criticism, though. I don't think you can just like point fingers at the national. No, 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 media. no, no, no. No, but what I'm saying is equally. How much does Mike Brown do these days? Really, it's yeah, Katie and point. Troy that run the club. Yeah, and also you have to mention uh, Paul Brown, Mike Brown's son. Yeah, who's involved? Reports suggest he's much more involved. So I think you know, Mike's still there, but I, I, I don't know that that whole narrative about Mike Brown being the boss and this kind of, you know, family-run club though. Isn't it, it is a family-run club. Knock on yeah. that is you know. Are they football people? Are they, you know, have they played well, the game? Definitely bef- football people. Yeah, but have they played the game before? Are they, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think, I think that narrative can be a little bit lazy uh, when actually, when you, they do like to keep themselves themselves. They don't yeah. care about trends or social media sometimes to their detriment. But actually, that's quite admirable. I think sometimes, um, you know, yes, they've made bad decisions in the past. But I think at this moment, you look at how the club is run versus the actual perception of how the club is run and who runs it, I think there might be a bit of a difference in that. But, again, it's hard to know because we don't know. So. Yeah, tough. I think it's a tough one without digging too deep. Absolutely. Michael Smith, at Solid Handle. Solid Handle. Um, happy, happy Freezer Bowl Day. And, of course, it is the anniversary of the Freezer Bowl. On this day in 1982. On this very day. On this day, uh, the Bengals beat the San Diego Destroyed them. They did. Um, and it's the whole game is on YouTube if you want to go and watch it. Ken Anderson, our old chum there. Our old chum, Ken. Minus nine, I think it was, but the wind chill was minus 59 or something absolutely ridiculous. And uh, we beat the San Diego Chargers 27-7 uh, at the old Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati to go to our first Super Bowl. Uh, so, yes, happy Freezer Bowl day to everyone out there. Could the Bengals select a QB in the first round of the draft? The new HC may see Dalton as an ideal bridge QB. And on the deal he's on, the Bengals won't carry any dead money. Surely it's tempting. I think it is tempting. I disagree. I think that's what they'll do, though. I think they might well draft a quarterback this year, if not in the first round, maybe the second, or they might move about or something like that. Because most head coaches want their guy, don't they? They don't typically want to inherit the sort of quarterback that they get I think it's tough I think Dalton's on a really good deal for us financially we're not paying him a huge amount of money he's probably if he's healthy and above average quarterback you know he's never going to be elite he's never going to tear you up and so why don't you want to go for an elite quarterback then? I do, if your quarterback isn't elite yeah why aren't you going for an elite quarterback because it's a dime in a dozen I mean you look at the guys that were selected last year Josh Allen Baker Mayfield um, Josh Rosen Sam Darnold Lamar Jackson five guys that were picked now we're picking 11 so you wouldn't even get half of those guys unless we trade up and sort of sell the house and we've got a hell of a lot of le- needs bigger than that in my mind but you look at them, Darnold had a poor year last year. You know, the Jets didn't win a lot of games. Um, Josh Rosen at the Cardinals, 
Um, you know, they were awful last year. You know, the jury's very much out on him. Josh Allen at the Bills, the Bills were awful this year. Yes, he's got, you know, he showed some potential. He could be good in the future. So could all of them. But, you know, even Lamar Jackson, I thought he was brutally exposed against the Chargers in that game for most of the majority of it. Um, and they were speaking to some coaches from the Chargers after it. And they said, look, we had a bit of time to study the film on him, you know, because they played him twice. They were like, we found out quite a few things that he was doing and I think a lot of teams will do the same and he might not necessarily be the answer for Baltimore next year so I just think it's such an unbelievably risky thing to go and do and even for Mayfield he had a great rookie year brilliant is his temperament going to hold up is he still going to be you know that guy in five years so it's such a risky game to go out and get and I just don't think that you know you delve into the draft thinking you're going to get this elite quarterback this Aaron Rodgers you know this Cam Newton this sort of Andrew Luck style guy you've really got to get lucky and sometimes you've almost just got to say look I've got to win with this guy I can't just constantly try to get the pin-up model but I would argue we've had eight years of trying to win with this guy well you're changing the head coach true true so why aren't you shooting for a... And also, if, if you know he's just an above-average quarterback, I mean, I think he hit his ceiling in 2015. It was MVP candidate. He was in 2015, and yeah. since then he hasn't. No. And I obviously mean, there are mitigating circumstances. Yeah. You know. I just think it's a tough one with Dalton because he is a good quarterback, and you give him the weapons, I really think he can, can succeed. But I think you run a huge risk of taking this franchise to a very dark place, going and picking someone at 11 and taking a huge gamble with him and a rookie head coach. Well, what, if, can, what can... if, say, a Dwayne Haskins is there? What if someone yeah. like uh, Tyree Jackson or G- Daniel Jones... Or um, we're at the very start of the draft process, yeah. so things are going to go crazy from now here on in. Um, I don't know. I, I think it might be the right time. I'm, I'm still undecided actually because I, th- I think you make some really good points, and I don't hate Dalton. There's a lot I of just, big needs out there as well, aren't there? Well, I agree, agreed. You know, I think we have to get our offensive line Absolutely. sorted out, and the linebackers. Like you said, and earlier. the linebacker, and at eleven, someone like a Devin White might be there, and yeah, he yeah. could be the guy that we need. But again, it's super early. I think this is one of those topics that really divide Bengals fans: whether we should keep Dalton or whether we should move. Start to think about moving on. I think from if him. we were if we were drafting top five, and I would maybe say, look, if Haskins is there, maybe. Yeah, you know, or if that geezer, you see that Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, people are going absolutely. I mean, I know crazy. he's not eligible, but if you got a guy like that and you were in the top five and you felt really good that he was an unbelievable prospect, and yeah. you know, yes, I'd say let's move on from Dalton, yeah. trade him away, maybe get a second or third or whatever he's worth, and move forward. But I just think at eleven, unless you're going to trade the house to get into the top five, and even then, you've got to be so sure on this guy that it's still a risk and. I think for the Bengals, I'm sorry, a lot of these guys are win-now guys. AJ Green's 30, Geno Atkins not getting any younger, neither's Carlos Dunlap. Um, you know, you start to think, you know, and they're elite players, and we need them to sort of win now, not in three or four or five years' time. I mean, True. you've got to almost see if this is a, a, a complete rebuild or it's more of a sort of an upgrade. Yeah. You know. Well, I think I think this subject will be discussed on this podcast in the coming weeks and months. And speaking yeah. of the coming weeks and months, we, uh, I think, I don't know, maybe something will happen in the next uh, week or so. It might mm. not, but we'll be doing another podcast at some point, I think. It's not been decided yet. Uh, we do have a very special one coming up at the end of January. We've got a few more special ones coming up 
between now and say what I would call the end of the season which is kind of after the Super Bowl uh, and maybe up until the draft we're going to be doing lots of draft stuff as per usual um, but until then I think we should shut up now we've been going for long enough we've talked a lot about a lot of things tonight uh, so thanks for listening uh, and it only remains for me to say uh, well it's a who day for me and a who day from me cheers guys should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.